0: So before we open up um, Luke chapter 4, verses 14 through 22, I wanted to tell you all about a friend of mine uh, that actually met a woman right outside the mall, and uh, she had just recently lost $200, and so he felt generous during the Christmas season and said, you know, I'll give her $40 from the $200 that I just found, and it's a lesson for all of us was when God blesses you, you must bless us. (laughs) So we're in Luke chapter 4, and we'll read verses 14 through 22. Verse 14 reads, And Jesus returned, in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and a report about him went out throughout all of the surrounding country. And he taught in in their synagogues, being glorified by all. And he came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as was his custom, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was given to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where it was written, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind." To set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And he rolled up the scroll, and he gave it back to the attendant, and he sat down. And the eyes of all in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, Today the scripture has been fulfilled in your hearing. And all spoke well of him, and marveled at the gracious words that were coming from his mouth. And they said, Is not this Joseph's son? Let's pray. Dear Lord, thank you that we've given an opportunity uh, to hear your word. I ask you now to do us with tremendous power. I ask you to speak to our hearts and I ask you to speak to our minds and, and, and also speak emotionally to us so that we can understand clearly what you would have us to hear, be, and do today. Um, Lord, I ask that there be not mere words that come from a man, but words that are inspired by you and words that uh, come through the Holy Spirit so that we understand your truth in a more clear and more direct way. And Lord, when you begin to empower us with these words that are truly life, I ask that uh, we begin to glorify you and begin to honor you in magnificent ways. I pray all that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. 2019, is a year where things happen for me and probably for you that you probably that I didn't expect. Things probably happened in 2019 for you that you didn't expect, and I think that that typically happens in every single calendar year that we walk into a year with expectations, but then the world begins to change a little bit for you throughout the year, and you're faced with how to live life and deal with that situation. In well, 2000 year one, of the things that was new for me was actually having to look for a building, you know, for our church to begin to gather together, you know, as a community. And uh, I started that process probably right before Easter, uh, earnestly, probably actually before that, <laughs> looking all year at a whole bunch of different places. But I remember right before Easter, praying and fasting. Um, in a season, not necessarily for the building, but just as a life of committed toward that. And as I did that, I started to walk around this neighborhood and ended up over here. Ended up over here and I walked into the library and I looked at the grounds. I was like, man, this is a beautiful facility, a beautiful place. And started talking to the head librarian over here and I said, do they ever rent this place out? And she said, yeah, sometimes we do. You know, Take a look at it if you want to. So I went to the building over here, went to this building, went to the building over, looked at all the grounds, and was like, man, this would be a pretty nice facility if we actually decided to be able to use it. So the next day, I decided to call the city of Houston, and lo and behold, a lady answers, and we begin to talk about possibly actually using this facility. She asked me, what was the purpose behind it? I said, well, we have a church that we would like to start, and we would like to use that facility as a place where we actually begin to gather together. And she said, okay, well, let's meet with each other. And um, a few days later, we ended up meeting with one another. We met in here. And as we she walked me around the facility, i had already seen everything, you know, because the head librarian that showed me around, but I went through it all again and we talked to one another. And as we talked, at the end of it, she said to me, I want to be honest with you. The city of Houston typically doesn't let churches use their facilities. She said, but the Holy Spirit told me to actually come and meet with you. <laughs> and uh, and as, as we met with each other, and she said, now I understand why. You, know, you have the right spirit you know, behind you uh, to be able to honor you know, this facility in the right way. And so we ended up making a deal and they gave us sixty percent off for every time we use this facility. It just ends up being like a, a good place where I would think to start a church, you know, as as, as we are uh, figuring out what to to do as a church and how to gather together that, to slowly but surely gain the momentum that God actually wants us to have. So we started meeting here once a month, and that was on on Easter. And then, you know, over the past a uh, few months, we increased that to twice a month. And so our goal was to begin to be able to use this every single week, you know, until we begin to fill it up. And then we'll move on to more things that actually God has for us. But, uh, you know, through all that, just learning that I, in 2019, I didn't expect that we would be in this facility. because I didn't know it was on the radar. You know, but it takes like that season of being able to pray and to be able to fast and to be able to understand that, that begins to give you a little bit of clarity and understanding, you know, maybe what you're supposed to be doing in 2019. And then as we move into 2020, that begins to move this frame and shame, this shift for there. So here's what I'm saying. We are reading a passage about Jesus Christ. And we're reading a passage where he begins to start his own ministry. You know, as he starts his ministry, It says to us in verse 14 that he returned from somewhere and he returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee and people began to speak about it. Where did he return from? We didn't read that part of the passage, but he actually returned from a season of 40 days of fasting. You know, 40 days fasting where he was actually spending time with God and and being able to understand as some wise words were, were reported who he was, and what he was called to do. His 40 days of fasting gave him that kind of an experience. You know, we saw that as we read that, because he actually came back to Nazareth, where he had been brought up in verse 16. And as was his custom, he went into the synagogue on the Sabbath day, and he stood up to read. And he found in the passages a scripture that was about his life. And he read it to the crowd, and I'll read it once again. It was the scroll of Isaiah uh, that was written. So it's the book of Isaiah, if you want to go back and actually read it and look at it from your own self. And he reads this and he says that the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the cath- t- captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And then he rolled up the scroll and he gave it to Antioch and he sat down. And he said, guess what, y'all? That is me. And they all looked at him with bewilderment and, and a lack of understanding and being able to say, isn't this simply Joseph's son? So at this point, he wasn't Jesus of Nazareth. He was just Joseph's son. <laughs> so he was a nobody, but he understood after these 40 days of of fasting, and these 40 days of being able to be tempted by, by Satan. He understood who he was, and then he understood what he was called to be. I love 2020, and I love every single turn of the calendar because it always gives us this opportunity to reset. And this is what Jesus Christ was doing. He was resetting. You know, even though he was full of deity, he has come into the flesh and is resetting his life. And he found out that even he, full of deity, full of power, needed to do the things that humans do as well. And as humans, to understand who we're called to be, we simply need to get into a season of prayer, get into a season of understanding what God actually calls for us. And in the biblical terms, they call that fasting. And so today, you know, I'm excited to introduce that to common bond, and I'm excited to introduce that to all of us, is that we have this beautiful opportunity in reality to reset our clocks. You know, we have this beautiful opportunity in reality to understand what's God called us to be, or better yet, understanding who am I in 2020? And then understanding, because I understand who who I am, now what is God calling me to do? You know, some people do things differently, You know, at the beginning of the calendar season, maybe they they do resolutions, they do goals, and they figure out what they want to accomplish in their own lives. You know, I use this as a playbook from Jesus Christ to understand that what he did was actually understand who first he was and actually what God had called him to do to actually reset his clocks. So I think that it might be wise if we try to do the same thing and not necessarily set resolutions and goals about what we want in life but maybe try to figure out, can I get into a season with God to understand who I am and what I'm called to do for the year. And once you figure out who you are and what you're called to do for the year, life begins to open up for you. And so there's ways that that we're able to do that. Um, You know, Jesus Christ is our big brother. He's, you know, the firstborn of many brethren. And so he's always going to do things that, that are probably far and above what, what where we're at. And as he returned here in verse fourteen, I want to share with you this is that his season of fasting and prayer was forty days with only water. You know, forty days only water. I don't know if any of us can, can go forty days, you know, with only water. You know, but I'm going to say that you know we might be far pressed to go into this season of fasting. You know, some of us may need to start. You know, with this season of, of just skipping a meal, <laughs> you, know, you know, skipping a meal, skipping two or, or trying to skip a little bit of coffee and trying to figure out, you know, what are the opportunities that we actually have. But the but season of fasting, you know, just is a beautiful time to be able to, to again, recharge. But I think that there's four things that, that sometimes happens, you know, when we get into the season of fasting. One, it actually gives us an opportunity to put God first. And I think that that's, that's really, really important because we see in the scriptures, Jesus Christ wasn't creating his own ideas of what he wanted to do when he came. He actually simply found himself in God's word and actually then followed what God was actually calling him to do. And that's the same thing that, that we can do in 2020 is actually take a season of fasting and figure out, can I put me second? And then I cannot put God actually first, you know, this season. You know the second thing I think that, that God actually can do in a season of fasting is actually recharge our prayer life. You know sometimes I heard this good saying, you know, oftentimes is that is prayer for you an opportunity that is fuel, you know, for the rest of your life or is prayer something that is a tip jar, you know, in your life something that you just do as an afterthought for the things that you have in your life? Or is it the fuel that actually really drives all the things that are necessary in your life? So when, when we have a, a season of fasting, it's always coupled with prayer. You always hear the words, not only fasting, but prayer and fasting. Because what God is actually saying is, as you fast, the things that you are giving away in your life, you know, those are the things that you actually can replace, for example, with prayer or for, for Bible intake. And so, You can use that as a season to be able to say, if I'm going to start small, you know, I'm going to give up a meal once a day. You know, when you give up that meal, replace that with some prayer time. You know, don't just go hungry, but actually go through prayer and fasting. You know, because you can get into a mode of religiosity, and um, I don't know if that's a word, but we can create that one today. You You can get into this mode of religiosity where you are doing things, you know, for the sake of the religion of it, but not actually for the sake of the spiritual component and the spiritual benefit. So I think that there's a a spirit of fasting that you can say, I'm going to give up breakfast today. And as I give up breakfast, I'm going to replace this with the season of maybe reading a little bit of God's word and then also praying praying to God about my life. The third thing that I think that you find that prayer and fasting actually gives to you is what's called an excellent spirit. You know, there's a man named Daniel who also is our brother in in Christ Jesus and Jesus He wasn't as zealous as as Jesus Christ to go 40 days with only water, but he actually had intermittent fasting. And then he also had what's called the Daniel fast that is now very popular, where he actually only ate fruits and vegetables. And so that's an example of another kind of fasting. And Daniel in chapter one says for 10 days that he fasted just simply eating fruits and vegetables. And as he did that, you know, one thing that he was asked about, because he was under the watching care of another kingdom. And as he was under the watching care of this kingdom, he said, I know y'all want to give me this bountiful food of, of hamburgers and hot dogs and, and, and fried chicken and then also uh, smoked meats and, and all the good barbecue of Texas. Yeah. He said, I know you want to give me the, the king's portion of food. He said, but myself, I actually only eat fruits and vegetables. And even though I'm underneath your watch, let me eat my fruits and vegetables for 10, for 10 days and let everybody else eat, you know, the Texas meal. And then as, as they eat this meal, come back and report to me and actually see if I actually am stronger, of a better mind, and of a better spirit than everyone else. And so he did that. And he actually, they found him to be a strong spirit. They found him to be a, a strong body. they found him to be a, of a strong mind during that time. And so what what fasting actually does for us is actually it not only has spiritual benefits, but it actually really does help our body. I started my fast already for the year, January 1st, and I'll kick it up, you know, after today, you know, my wife and we'll do it together. But I started because I wanted to gradually, you know, just kind of get into it. And yeah, I still had a lot of food in the refrigerator (laughs) for Christmas and stuff. I kind of needed to, to wean off a little bit and still had our great big roast that we had in the oven. So I just wanted to eat a little bit more of that. A little yeah, more than that. But as I started the fast, you know, I've actually noticed actually, in, in only in five days, my body actually feels stronger. You know, my mind actually feels a little bit sharper. You know, I actually have a little bit more energy, you know, even after only just five days. So we'll continue to pick that up. And, you know, I'm going to do what's called you know, a juice fast for another week and have juice in the morning that I put together of green juice that includes like apples and spinach and celery and cucumber and lemon. You know, it's kind of like one, one aspect of it. For dinner, have another juice of some golden beets, some carrots, some apples, and some ginger. You know, that kind of be dinner. And, you, know, you know, and every now and again, you know, might have like a meal or we'll have some soup. You know things of that nature that that we put together. So I'm actually going to participate in, you know, for a week of like the Daniel fast. I'm not going to be very overly religious of it because it's not about religion that we're trying to get to. We're actually trying to get to, we're both stronger in in an excellent spirit, but actually getting closer to God in His walk. So I'll spend some more time reading and praying together and getting mind focused on the year where God actually has to happen. And then I think that the the fourth thing like God does, and we'll review a little bit. The first thing I think that God does, helps us to do the benefits of fasting, is that he gives us an opportunity to put God first. And the second thing, I think that he gives us an opportunity to, to, to have prayer become more of a priority in our life. The uh, third thing that happens that it actually gives us an opportunity to have an excellent spirit. And so the fourth thing that happens, I think that God does and gives us a benefit, is that fasting is actually very supernatural. And it actually gives us a, the, the power of a supernatural life. You know, because Jesus Christ, even at one time, said that his disciples wanted to be like him. And as disciples wanted to be like him, they actually came to him and he said, Teacher, we've actually tried to deliver out these demons just as you actually deliver out demons. And he said, but we could not do it. And he, they asked him a question. Why couldn't we do it? And he said, my sons and my brothers, some things only come out through prayer and fasting. And there's an opportunity where there's a reality where, where fasting, even though it seems very, very natural in its own sense, in prayer in its own sense, it seems very, very natural. There's some kind of spiritual power that actually happens when we combine prayer and fasting together. You know, God begins to do Supernatural things in your life that you don't ever expect. So that's why I always get excited when the calendar turns, because I know that when you, when I engage into the season of fasting, God's going to do some supernatural things. And we've had, you know, supernatural things happen materially and spiritually, like every single year. You know, we've moved into to buildings, you know, in a in after a season of fasting, both in our personal life and then also for the church. You know, we've had material blessing come to us, you know, because of that. You know, always, I think God even will do things, great things in our marriage as we actually enter into this season of actually fasting. But then I'm also excited to say that I don't know what God's actually really going to do during this fast, because it's so supernatural that God is just going to do things that are above the realities of what I'm actually seeking and actually praying for. And that's the one thing that I'm really excited about, that as as I engage and enter into this season of fasting, you know, what's God really going to do? So for all of us, you know, maybe that begins our challenge to begin to think of the year. And uh, I love the phrase of being able to think about that, that you, know, you know, today is an opportunity to have perfect vision. And it's 2020, I mean, 2020 vision. You know, the opportunity that, to be laser sharp, to be able to think closely of what God is actually really calling us to do. And I think that we can only get there when we actually have the eyes that God actually wants us to have. You know, myself when I was actually diagnosed, I hope this is still the case, I haven't had an eye exam you know, before, it's probably 2020 now, but at one point my my eyes were 2020, 2010. And that's actually considered even better than 2020. So probably a little bit of age, i have probably got 2020 now. So. <laughs> but anyway, but as you think through, you know... I want to challenge us to figure out, you know, what's our what's our goals, what's our realities of, of what we want to do. So, so we have for us an opportunity uh, that we would like for all of us to kind of participate as a church, you know, to figure out, you know, what what does God actually call me to have for perfect vision in my own personal life, in my family life, in my business community sense life, but then also for the church you know, figuring out whatever God's calling us to do, and, and I wanted us to give us some, a good framework of how to do that. You know, we're not calling all of us to have, you know, a 40-day fast with only water. That's only for Jason, um, <laughs> but, some, but some of us might want to do like a 21-day fast of vegetables and fruits and cutting out some other things that, of meats and things like that that may be in our life, or some of us maybe even want to you know, back that down even more and not only have like a 21-day fast, but maybe you want to have a 10-day fast of being able to, to be like a Daniel, you know, in his season of being able just to have juice and vegetables and fruits or even you can cut that down even a little more, you know, and say that, hey, I just want to start with one day. Maybe it's just, you know, one day I want to start with to be able to see how this is going to go and see how this is going to work out. Maybe I'll do a full fast of one day with, which is just only, you know, water in my life, you know, It's your discretion, your choice, your opportunity, because the the point of it is not for you to do something that is based on your willpower or not because you're being forced and put into an environment to do it. But actually that you genuinely (coughs) want to have a 120 vision, perfect vision, perfect insight for what God has for your life. And so he gives you grace. You know, he gives you an opportunity to say, I want you to walk into that, engage into that at the pace that you want it to be. And so I love the fact that, you know, some of us have probably already thought about that. Some of us have probably already thought about, like, decreasing our sugar intake. You know, maybe some of us have thought about doing away with carbs already. And so that's perfectly in line to, you know, what God is actually calling us to do. I'm also just trying to add a different spiritual component of it and say, as you give up some of those things, add a spiritual component to it as well. You know, maybe you include some prayer, you know, with your less of your carbs, and add some prayer with less of your sugars. Add some prayer with less of your meats. And being able to use that as a disciplined time. And then also be intentional about it. And so we have some handouts for you to be able to say, you know, as you look through, like, here's currently what I weigh. Here's what my waist is. Here's my energy level on the scale of 1 to 10. You know, 1 meaning I can't move. I can't or 10 saying But I can't sit still at all. You know, rate yourself. See where you're at. Even look at your mood. On the scale of 1 to 10, right now, you could be extremely depressed on the scale of 1 or on the scale of 10. goes on the way and says that I'm extremely exuberant. You know, give yourself this feature before your fast. And then as you go through, start to see yourself change. Because what God is actually calling us to do in the fast, we change. You know, during it because supernatural things begin to happen in your life. And then, and so also you can, you know, at your discretion, decide what your fast is going to be. 40 days, 21, 10 three days, one day, one meal, anything. Um, then figure out, you know, what will I intentionally increase in my life, morning, noon, and night, in my prayer time, and what will I focus on in scripture. You know, always find something that you can add to. So these are just real practical tips of being able to take our our 2020 vision you know, to a new site. And then also have some, some prayer targets. But then also I really encourage you to have an open hand. You know, as you, you go into this, open hand just simply means that be available to what God wants to share with you. You know, don't simply just go in there with, this, with, the, with the idea that you're going to tell God, you know, what you want, you know, during this season of fasting. But have an open hand and say, Lord, I know that you know best. I know that you can actually show me who I am you can show me what I'm called to do. And I think that that is probably the best thing that you could actually happen, you know, for your life. You know, I think that that's the best thing that ever happens when we actually figure out who God's really called me to be. I remember, you know, my my mother and my father, they named me, you know, Joe and Joseph, because of the fact that I, my father's name was Joe and Joseph. And um, But then I actually found myself in the scripture. You know, because there's, there's men of renown that's called Joseph and I actually wanted to actually look into the scripture and see well what does that really mean and I learned that the word Joseph means the Lord will increase so everywhere I went around I, I started to have this identity and reality that wherever I go whoever comes in contact with me will be what increase because the Lord has given me that identity and so I believe that you know, today that you know, when I'm in the room of people or I'm in contact with other people, that everybody who comes in contact is not not because of who I am and because of who I decided to be created, but because God has blessed me with an identity, that means that the Lord will increase my life and the Lord will increase everything around me because of that reality. And so I believe that that's my calling. And I believe that my calling is to go out and increase upon everybody. And so I want to be an encourager, And you know, I want to see people... You know, be the best of who they're called to be. You know, I want to see someone who is apprehensive to walk on water, to be able to walk on water a little bit. And I want to encourage you as you walk on water and say, I'm going to walk alongside you hand by hand and see you increase, you know, a little bit. You know, if you've got a business, if you've got an organization, if you've got a calling in life, you know, I'm going to help you to be increasing and actually move forward and do what God called you to do. And so I'm taking my identity, seeing myself in the scriptures. And saying, Lord, I will be that for what you called me to do. My big brother taught me that. His name is Jesus Christ. And he found himself in the scriptures and he said to all of us, The Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and the recovery of sight to the blind and set at liberty those who are oppressed. And then as he found himself in the scriptures, he rolled it up. And he sat down just as I would do today. So I pray that we all find ourselves this year in God's scriptures, understand who we're called to do and who we're called to be. Let's pray in Jesus' name. Dear Lord, thank you for this opportunity that we get to gather. You know, I pray that as we do take interest in who you called us to be, and who we are in you that we will find ourselves in your word and then we will start to be who you called us to be